elegant weapon for a more civilized age. Hi, this is David Hilliard from the Slackers, and you're listening to An Elegant Weapon. Hopefully I won't fall off the internet again. <laughs> I make no promises. Uh, yeah, I was stoked. Um, Martheus Wade, the guy that does Jedha Tales of the Toshigawa. Does what? <laughs> Jetta, Jetta, Tales of the Toshigawa. It's, I... a, it's a chick that's a ninja. Okay. He's part of uh, the Action Lab crew and all those guys. All right, okay. I've been putting a bunch of stuff up on like Facebook about uh, he's doing Tura the Gun Angel is one of the chicks from the show. He's doing her on an Indiegogo as a movie. Ooh. One of the bonuses that he was giving people is a 12-page like mini-comic. Okay. He was falling behind on a bunch of shit, and since I'm part of the LOI studios with him, he sent me an email and asked if I would flat the pages that he hadn't done yet because he's just needing help. Ooh. So, yeah, I've been working. I've got uh, three pages in the cover flatted so far. He threw the fucking cover up on Facebook. Oh, no. <laughs> like, I sent it to him, like, two days ago. He's already finished rendering it and has it up on Facebook and, like, has announced that I'm doing color assists on it. It's like, oh, shit, well, I better finish the shit now. Oh, that's fucking fantastic. But, yeah, it's, it's fucking that's awesome. That's amazing. Like, I just sent that to him, and bam, it's on fucking Facebook. It's like, holy shit. God damn. Ladies and gentlemen, what you just heard was some of the glory that is uh, Anthony Bachman's life these days. Welcome to An Elegant Weapon. Episode 67. <laughs> I am your host. My name is Jay, the Jedi Ross. They call me that because I like lightsabers and I like marijuana. So please excuse me while I flick my bick. You know, you smoke too much of that shit. That shit's gonna rob you of your ambition. Not if your ambition is to get high and watch TV. Welcome back, kids. I'm not going to say another word until I thank each and every one of you sons of bitches for your incredible and amazing support of episode 66. You're my boy, Blue! It was weird. I did talk fast. I will learn to slow down. But I think that's why you love me, because I get excitable. You know what I mean? I'm an excitable type chap. And it, it lends to being verbose and chatty. So, uh... You know, I think it all balances out, man. Exactly. So you heard uh, as we were coming in there, Anthony, our guest host for this week, uh, is a fellow brother of the Junk Food Podcast Network. He hosts a show with his friend Colin Addington. Um, it's called The Next Element Podcast. Anthony, thank you for coming and hanging out with me. I'm glad to be here. It's been a long time since you've been on the weapon, eh? It is, it's very true. It has been a while. I was in, like, what, like the 30s or something? It was a long time ago, man. Like, we've podcasted a billion times since, but you've just, it hasn't been an elegant weapon. It's weird. Yep. It's been all our individual, just let's do this little project, and this little side project, and another little side project. <laughs> so much fun. As Derek would say from Drunk on Comics, little nerdly nuggets of fun. <laughs> nerdly nuggets, nice. Nerdly nuggets. Um... What we were talking about as we were coming in there is uh, Anthony, 
has become quite the colorist in the past while. And uh, he is a colorist on Geek, which is a comic that Anthony will tell you about right now. Geek is the brainchild of Matt Cohen, Mr. Bagged and Boarded, the guy that helped create the Smod Castle with Kevin Smith over in the, the sinful land of Los Angeles. He put together a Kickstarter called Geek and wrote a giant kick-ass script, and I bugged them and sent them some promo art, and eventually they asked me to color the book. And so Axel's cranking out pages, and I'm trying to keep up, and right now I'm way behind due to basically computer problems. Mm-hmm. But as I'm doing that, I keep getting offers for other little side projects, and so I've been basically doing some of them as like my warm-up. So I'll like flat a page for Martheus right now, and then I'll go work on a page for Geek. <laughs> right, as, as that's what we were saying as uh, we kind of trailed in there, was that uh, you're getting to do the mats for that. What book is it again? It's a uh, Tura Gun Angel, which is a character out of Martheus's uh, Jedi Tales of the Toshigawa. He just did an Indiegogo where they're doing a, uh, I think it's a short film, if I remember correctly, for Tura Gun Angel. And it's this badass ninja chick in like a head-to-toe white outfit. Nice. White and, is good for ninjas. Yeah. It's very good. And she's got the white hair going with it as well. So there's some really cool <laughs> stuff. The actress that he got is just not only does she look badass she's freaking gorgeous and just looks amazing in the suit that they got for her nice so they put some fucking effort and budget into this thing then yeah oh yeah there's some good stuff going on too i can't wait i mean and i'm one of the ones i even backed it you know even not even thinking about the fact that i'm in loi studios with martheus and a couple of other awesome people but i just saw the indiegogo i was like this is really cool so i put you know like 10 20 bucks on it nothing huge but you know threw a little money on it yeah just because the, the really good stuff on that one for the Indiegogo is like being able to go to the premiere and stuff, but you really got to live in Kentucky. <laughs> I can't really fly down from Boise to go see you know, the premiere of a comic book movie. Yeah, that's I'm sure you'll get a chance to see it, though, right? Mm-hmm. Which Indeed. is... Uh... Yeah, it's cool. Done three pages of that so far and sent the flats to Martheus two days ago. And today he has the rendered finished cover up on Facebook. That's fucking work, eh? Yeah, he's... He's cranking stuff out, so it's awesome. I was just very shocked to see on Twitter that uh, our good man Greg Capullo. Yo, this is Greg Capullo, man, and you're listening to Elegant Weapon. He what? He isn't this year able to make his free print for Arizona, whatever con they have down there. And he was apologizing, saying sorry, but his workload is just so hardcore. He didn't even have time to do his one print for Arizona. Has and he, he picked up something besides Batman? Um, I don't know, but or is it just the sheer amount of drawing that he's doing on Batman? I think. I, know, I mean, I know he's kicking ass on it, so. Well, I think it's the sheer amount of Batman, because yeah, it's just Batman. But he's uh, he also tweeted a picture of the tweet said everything but the kitchen sink, and Scott will probably throw that in too. And it was a picture he's in the middle of of him drawing two dinosaur skeletons in a museum. <laughs> <laughs> nice that's the type, yeah that's the type of work that'll slow you down yeah it's detailed as fuck oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he's just like yeah <laughs> but that's fucking hard work man that's fucking it's putting a lot on your plate you know what i mean oh yeah but you know better to be busy because people are liking the stuff you do than to you know not be busy because nobody likes the stuff you do that's absolutely true i was just saying the other night uh on some fucking podcast I was on. <laughs> um, how podcasting helps me work harder at other things. 
as well because of the fact that I want to be able to podcast. I enjoy podcasting and it's something I enjoy to do for myself, which inherently makes me work harder at the other aspects of my life to have the time to do it. You know what I mean? Mm, I would say no. <laughs> Simply because for me, podcasting, it's, it's funny because like, even though I, I seem fairly outgoing, I'm really most of the time like a really reserved, shy person. I don't like leaving the house. But I found that putting on a headset, I just won't fucking shut up. So to me, <laughs> podcasting is just really cheap therapy. Nice. That's a handy thing to have it for. Absolutely. Yeah, I got, <laughs> I got the punching bag in the garage for anger and the podcast for everything else. <laughs> you know what's funny you say, say that? Get it out there. The couch that I have in my basement that uh, I podcast from is one section. It's an N section of like an L couch, but then it's more like a like picture an L couch, right? Mm -hmm. And then on the uh, on the long end of the L, there's like a little kind of love seat addition. Yeah. Okay, so that little just that little love seat section is what I have down in the basement. So it's totally like a psychiatrist couch because it's got like the one sided thing, and you lie down, and it's just like a a short couch. Tell me about your mother. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I, I like, I'm so busy at everything else. And in, in order for me to just have the time to podcast at all. Oh my God, that never happens. That may be one of the first times in history my phone has ever gone off on this show. Might be the first time in a podcast anybody's heard a phone ring from the 1980s. <laughs> I love my ring. <laughs> <laughs> Is that an old school ring on a cell phone, or is that actually like a landline home phone? No, that's my iPhone, man. That's your iPhone? Nice. <laughs> yeah, I got that set up, absolutely. It would have been so much more spectacular if it was like your grandma's rotary phone. <laughs> it's a bling. Dude, I'm talking to you on dial-up right now, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you from 1998. Oh, wicked. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I haven't even been into the internet for that long. You know, like I, I wasn't like a 90s kid when the Internet like really started to come out and explode in the past 10 years or whatever. Man, I don't think I was on Facebook till 2006. But I guess that when you say that, it's kind of a long time ago now. eh? Yeah, it's a little bit. I mean, I know I didn't get on there until I left the Navy. But I mean, even then, that was pretty early. That was 2002 or so. I think I got on there and that was just to keep tracks of keep track of old guys that I served with. Yeah, it's uh. I didn't use the internet before Facebook. Like, I didn't use it for anything. Oh, uh, so I did. I had a MySpace page. MySpace, I never had that. It was and ridiculous. MySpace was done before <laughs> I even fucking got online. And then within, like, a few years of being online, I was like, all right. Fucking, I can't even remember how I got into podcasts when you think about it. Like, I can't remember the first podcast I listened to, or it must have been Kevin Smith or Joe Rogan. Had to have been. Yeah, I'm pretty sure, yeah, I I was, I think, I want to say I started on Twitter because, like, people were talking about it, and, like, one of the first people I followed was Kevin Smith. I'm like, that guy must tweet all the fucking time, and it was probably within the day that I heard about a Smodcast and I started listening to podcasts. You know, whether you like that guy's movies or not, or his writing, or, his con or any of the billion things he does, you cannot say that he is not had an incredible influence on the way we do shit. Oh, indeed. Like, he didn't invent things. He didn't, like, come up with shit, but he, like, I don't know how to explain it. He just did things that were already there and used to be done in other ways, like making independent movies, 
he made it possible to like he encouraged being independent on the internet you know now fucking who has a podcast that doesn't credits you know kevin smith it's fucking it's a whole media yeah an entire like fucking section of media (laughs) a whole new media you know yep yeah, it's fucking. He's responsible for a lot of it. Yeah, there's very few guys. I mean, you know, you got the, what like, um, Corolla. God, I can't think of the, the guy that started the original office in England. Ricky oh, Gervais. Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You got like those two guys and a couple others that were doing podcasts before Kevin Smith, and not many other people. I mean, yeah, those, the guy, the list of people before him is pretty short. And it's crazy, like, because Corollas, I've only heard it, like, once or twice, but it's like a fucking, like, radio show, eh? They yeah. have, like, booking talent and shit. But, you know, it's what he's used to doing. It's just like Loveline. Yeah, 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 man. He's just doing a, a internet version of Loveline with no restrictions on the internet. We have this big uh, DJ here in Toronto, Dean Blundell. And he's the top morning DJ in Toronto. And he's very good friends with Kevin Smith. Like even outside of the thing, like they're they're buddies. Yeah. And uh, you know, because Smith's here like every other fucking month for a hockey thing or a fucking podcast thing or a movie for something. He's here all the fucking time. Oh, he's every... working on trying to be half Canadian. I swear. <coughs> oh yeah, he's pretty much there. <laughs> so this is the station that you know. This is the big like. He's like, he's not like Howard Stern, but he's the Howard Stern of Toronto. Just the big name, the big yeah. guy. And it's because he's not like, hey, how's it going? He's totally like a real guy. He's very opinionated. He's smart as shit. And he's, he says what he thinks and speaks what he says. And uh, he's just really, really fucking good at what he does. And uh, he's been actually toying with the idea of quitting radio and starting a podcast so he can say what he wants. Because there you go. people have been bugging him to do a podcast for years now because this guy uncensored would be one of the greatest listens ever. You know? That was the one thing, like, because you want to talk about people that credit Kevin Smith, freaking Jay Moore. Dude, more stories? Yeah. Like, how is it that nobody thought about putting Jay Moore in front of a microphone? Yeah. How the hell did that not get around? And then the idea that he said that basically when he put it out on Twitter, hey, I'm thinking about doing a podcast, and, like, you know, he contacted Adam Carolla and a couple other people, and, like, contacted their Twitter accounts, so, you know, with some celebrities, it's hard to tell if it's actually them or an assistant or someone that does that for them yeah. or whatever, and the only person that got back to him was Kevin Smith saying, oh, fuck yeah, let's get you on mic. <laughs> Because it's Jay Moore doing voices yeah. for an hour. That's what he does of different. Course. It's one of the things he does different. He's like, fuck yeah, done. Let's do it. It's and on. It's like, this will be awesome. Let's go. <laughs> and then all his people are like, no, actually, Kevin, we there's some more le- <laughs> logistics we need to figure out <laughs> like, than that. <laughs> yeah, I feel sorry for you, yeah, like Megan and his assistant, all those other people. Because you got to yeah. figure most of the time, it really is just him going, no, we're going to do this and make it work. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You don't tell me how we're not going to. Tell me how we're going to. Dude, even St- St- uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin has his own podcast now. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Stone Cold's got one? Yeah, he just started one, man. <laughs> Does he occasionally do an episode of Stunning Steve Austin of the Hollywood Blondes? Because that I would listen to. I have a buddy. I have two buddies, uh, two friends of mine who used to be in wrestling, amateur wrestling, but pro wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they did the circuit and went around down to New York and this, this, and that. And they are telling me stories of hanging out with, like, the Iron Sheik and getting drunk and fucking hanging out. Uh, they, they wrestled King Kong Bundy. 
six foot five, 450 pounds. That's where you have nothing but pain and punishment. The $15,000 challenge, Lola, you ever heard of that? It's $15,000 to anybody that can body slam King Kong buddy. My buddy's wrestling name was, uh, my buddy came out as like a mechanic. And, he, you know, he had like coveralls and he's all like dirty. And his name was G. Reese. G. Reese. Yeah. Nice. And uh, his finishing move was the monkey wrench. <laughs> yeah. And my other buddy, uh, Paul, he was uh, Major Pain. Or, sorry, or was it Major? I think he was Major Pain and then became Corporal Punishment or something like that. Nice. And uh, he actually, I think, refereed the match. But it was like three guys on one on King Kong Bundy. And then they all went out for, like, fucking stakes after. But it's really cool to hear their stories, you know? Because all those guys who we look up to in the 80s and shit, we all know what the stories we hear about how wrestlers are doing now, the old ones, you know? A lot of them aren't looking too good, but... Uh, oh, yeah, man. Watch Beyond the Mat. It'll make you cry. Yeah. But even back then, wrestlers were still, even though they're, like, big, they're still doing the circuit, you know? They're still wrestling halfway down, you know? Oh, yeah. A lot of those guys yeah. used to do that stuff. Because I think back in the day, especially depending on, you know, which card you're on, a lot of them, even if they were, you know, the bigger names, they didn't make enough money doing, like, the house shows for WWF and, you know, WCW yeah. to pay all the bills. And so sometimes they had to go do other shows. Uh, our friend Anthony Rutgazer. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Kingdom James, a.k.a. Um, I was going to say, he used to have a pro wrestling connection, right? Yeah, well, he throws shows. He has a the independent... Uh, the Union of Independent Professional Wrestlers, I think it's called. That's a long ass title. And it's like I U H P or something. And uh, yeah, he he throws shows once in a while, and he's been involved in the industry for like ever. And every time I talk to him, he's got super cool stories too. Actually, if you go to uh, iTunes and look up the Handsome Genius Club, which may be returning, by the way, which is very, very exciting because uh, he had a great podcast, Anthony. Check it out. It's called uh, The Handsome Genius Club. The Handsome Genius Club? Yeah. And he would have wrestlers and porn stars and all that fun fucking kind of stuff and comic creators. He interviewed Larry uh, Hama. Cobra Attack! Nice. Yeah, creator of G.I. Joe. He G.I. Joe, yeah. yeah. And he has got a great interview with uh, the guy who owns Silver Snail right now, which is Toronto's premier comic shop. I was going to say, that's your guys' big one, right? Yeah. So, you know, he's got a good show, so check it out. But, yeah, he's into the wrestling. Uh, he, had, he had a couple different personalities he wrestled under. And I can't, <laughs> I can't remember the, their names. I think one of them was a butcher-type one. But, uh, butcher, baker, candlestick maker. Yeah, nice. <laughs> but it's cool hearing these guys and these fucking stories and shit, man. Oh, no doubt. I love watching a lot of the, on Netflix, a lot of those documentaries they have, even the WWE ones that are, you know, kind of biased because they're about their guys now. Oh, I've yeah. I've seen a lot of that stuff like when CM Punk showing stuff from him from like Ring of Honor, you know, when he was coming up through the ranks and like the a couple of them that they've done about The Rock showing him like when he's a little kid. Yeah, like all that stuff that's from his autobiography and stuff. Like, I love that photo of him. And he's like six years old, and he's on Andre the Giant's shoulder. That's fucking. And the Rock looks like he weighs about really. 10 pounds. I haven't yeah, seen like that. Andre man. was out to like visit his dad in Hawaii, and so you have you know the world's original giant holding up you know what's going to become the most electrifying <laughs> sports and entertainment. Yeah. Uh, the Little Rock. Tiny baby Rock. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's it is cool. I give him huge props for still wrestling though. Oh yeah, I love a bunch of people yeah. complain and I mean unlike a lot of people, I'm actually a fairly big John Cena fan. I love the fact I that I don't get John- it. I don't get it, dude. Yeah, but I, John Cena's a guy that he was a wrestling fan that grew up to become a pro wrestler. No matter if you like his character or not, that's yeah. basically who he is. Like, if you see the video on him where they show him growing up and stuff, and, like, him and his brothers are in their basement wrestling, and they have a a belt, a WWF <laughs> championship belt that they made out of, like, cardboard and masking tape. Yeah, who didn't do that? <laughs> I didn't. Really? I, I totally wrestling. did that. Yeah. I made many wrestling belts. <laughs> yeah, I also, I didn't have any brothers, so. I didn't have any brothers. I just <laughs> wrestled myself. <laughs> still, <laughs> and I still am. <laughs> I didn't start doing that till I was like 12. <laughs> oh, but uh, The Rock, man, I give him props for doing that, but I still don't think he's found the proper, I don't know. There's got to be something that's perfect for him to be in. I prefer his roles like uh, when he was in uh, Be Cool. Oh, I loved him in Be Cool. Yeah, like stuff like that was fucking cool. And uh, Southland Tales. Southland Tales was good. I'm still, I mean, I watched that movie once and it's one of those ones where like you watch it and you realize I need to watch this movie six times to figure out what's going on. And I just don't have the energy. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I loved him in Be Cool. Him as a gay bodyguard was one of the funniest things ever. And it's worth owning that movie for the music video of him doing, I want to say it's Tammy Wynette. You ain't, yeah. you ain't <laughs> enough to take my man. Him in like the sequin, like sparkly cowboy outfit with Uh-oh. the two girls dancing next to him. That is some of the funniest <laughs> shit ever. That's great, man. Yeah, he's good times. I hope someday he finds something that's like his thing. You know what I mean? That's like his role. I mean, or his do movies pretty good. Or his own... Oh, you talking about like a returning role? Like a franchise, you know, yeah. You know, something yeah, that's fucking... yeah. Stealing Roadblock from somebody that ain't really a franchise. Yeah, I wouldn't call him a franchise in Fast and the Furious. He's just a returning character. And he, uh... oh shit, what was I gonna say? I completely forgot. <laughs> it's amazing how instantly I can do that. It's like a flash of a thought that kind of existed, but maybe it didn't even because I forgot it so fucking quickly. It does tend to happen on two J's later every once in a while. Holy crap, man. That show. (laughs) And I'm usually yelling at my podcast. It was this. (laughs) You were talking about this. Uh, Man, can me and Josh just talk shit or what? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it works. Um, (laughs) And the two J's later part, because I've been taking it literally. (laughs) Have you actually been like firing up two full splits before you pod? No, one... Pre and one during. And then one during? Yeah. So well, I guess it's not as bad, but that's still pretty fucking bad. And they're not huge. Like, I make <laughs> them, like, smaller than usual, you know what I mean? But, uh... You're not turning on the microphone going, I'm having trouble breathing. <laughs> I might die. Uh, by, the la- by the end of the last one, I think I fucking I sounded like I was about to pass out. <laughs> It does, it does make for a funny ass podcast, though. I do enjoy listening to it at work. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm. I wonder if we even take a breath between the two of us sometimes, you know. But uh, you know what we do every time we get together to podcast too. We start talking, and for, from now on, I've got it set up because it just records like when I'm talking to him. Because I was missing too much good like pre shit. There you go. Sometimes there's a lot of good stuff in the preamble, man. Yeah, and you don't then, want to miss out. Did I hear you on the Twitter saying uh, 
you recorded the other night then? Uh, actually, we started and suffered technical difficulties, so I will be recording. We're going to fire it up uh, tomorrow, me and Colin again. Nice. He was. We were going to do it tonight. I was going to do this podcast and then go right into my podcast to make for a really crazy <laughs> night. But Colin's wife, uh, she she got something at work. I think she uh, graduated her probation and like has been guaranteed like as a permanent employee. All so right. he was taking her out to dinner to celebrate. That is excellent. Yeah, so good news all around. Yeah, good news is always good news. I enjoy good news. There, uh, good news has been a new Star Wars cartoon. Oh, there's a new cartoon. You haven't heard? Oh, this no, is no, man, dude. Wow, I'm at cool. work all day now, and here's the here's the thing. I got rid of my cell phone. Ah. Me and the wife were just literally. She was out of work for like, God, what was it? 14 months or something right 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 so, like right. i was just fucking broke it's like we need to cut this bill we need to cut this bill and you fucking got rid of my cell phone the awesome thing is is i'm in the middle of reading three books right now because not having twitter and facebook to check all day on my phone i've realized that i really miss fucking reading <laughs> that's awesome dude <laughs> i'm in the middle of reading kung fu for being unplugged <laughs> yeah being unplugged it's I mean, I still come home and check everything when I get home. But yeah, like literally right now, I have two different books at the house that I'm reading. I'm reading Percy Jackson and the Olympians, The Lightning Thief, the really? first one of that series. <laughs> I, well, I like the movie, so I figured I'd read the book to see if it was any good. It was like, you, you know, the Harry the Potter. shit, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm reading Infinite Kung Fu, which is like a almost 400-page graphic novel. That that's sounds probably awesome, probably the coolest kung fu thing ever. Wicked. And then at work, I'm reading The Dark Tower Part 3, The Wastelands. I'm rereading the entire Dark Tower series. You're a big King fan, eh? I'm a huge King fan. My that mom's was... a huge King fan, and she's read pretty much all his books, I think. And That's, she... that's where it came from for me. My mom was a gigantic King fan growing up, and so yeah. I was always bugging her. Why can't I read these books? Why can't I read these books? My mom never stopped <laughs> I was, my mom stopped me at first because I mean I was asking by the time I was in like first or second grade and I wanted to read Stephen King and so she kept telling me no because by second grade like I had finished most of the books that people are reading in like fifth grade yeah. like I was you know done with Charlotte's Web and Stuart Little and nice. Cyclopedia Brown I'd I read need all, more all of that stuff <laughs> yeah I'd read through all of that stuff and so I kept bugging her and finally yeah the start of third grade she handed me Skeleton Crew and she said if you can read this you can read the rest of them Okay. And so I sat there all year, and it took me a year because I'm a really slow reader, actually, which bugs the shit out of me because I would read so much more if I could read faster. But right. it took me all year. I sat there on my desk during reading time with a dictionary and Stephen King's Skeleton Crew, and I would look up any word I didn't know. Wow. Look yeah, at you, so Mr. Dedicated. <laughs> started tearing through that shit. Yeah, so fourth grade I read Misery and Eyes of the Dragon, and then by fifth grade – I read, I think it was the first Gunslinger, the first Dark Tower book, and I started reading The Stand. And that took me the rest of the year. <laughs> nice. You enjoy his almost non-horror books, eh? More? Like Dark oh. Tower and stuff? Well, I mean, yeah. I did the, the supernatural stuff's always good. It's it's funny because everybody thinks that Stephen King is a horror writer, and it's, it's, it's not really what he is. What yeah. Stephen King does is write about human interaction and how we deal with shit. Yeah. He writes human stories, which is why stuff like The Green Mile is so fucking good. Yeah. What's it's that just, from? It was he did it was a six issue um not I want to say miniseries. It wasn't miniseries. It was a there's a there's a name for it where books used to come out in like serials. Right. And he did he published six miniature books 
and all of them together was the Green Mile. Oh, really? Yeah, it was one of his uh, experimentations in publication. He likes to do just weird yeah, yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he knows, you know, with his name on it, it'll sell. Yeah. So it's like he did, you know, um, like the Colorado Kid is a pulp, uh, like mystery novel. He okay. put one of those out in a in a, a company was doing a brand new pulp series a little bit ago. Like he just likes doing experimentation stuff because I mean, you know, he's at the point he can do whatever the hell he wants. Totally. Well, I was gonna say before, what about my mom? She's a big fan, so she didn't know about Joe Hill. Oh, nice. So I tried. I've been trying to turn her on to Joe Hill, right? Oh yeah. It's, and oh, uh, I think that boy I, writes. Damn. Yeah, it. and nice. I heard somewhere <laughs> that Stephen King had, it, like Joe Hill being his kid, had almost given King like he felt refreshed and like kind of wanted to try new stuff. So he's been actually writing comics with him. And trying to like write his own comic synopsises and stuff, and uh, well, yeah, because he did. Um, I want to say it was the first two issues of Road Rage from IDW. They wrote it together. Oh yeah, yeah. That's yeah, probably what I it's heard. A of. Crazy, yeah, like diesel truck hunting down and killing people on a freeway. Like it's a messed up comic. And it's eerie. The fucking he looks like him so much that it's it's. Yeah, I know. Because yeah. like I've got old pictures of like. Uh, like there's this great one. There's a photo or a, a it's a poster that Stephen King when he was at the University of Maine and like he had the long hair and the beard and he called it his a uh, Charles Manson look and he <laughs> does look he does look batshit crazy with the hair all grown out like he had back in college and it's a uh, he's like the picture is him pointing a shotgun like at camera and it says study damn it and apparently there are posters that they put up all over the campus. And when you look at just the face in that image, it looks the way basically Joe Hill looks now. Yeah. <laughs> and it's nice. so creepy it's that he like looks his so Twitter much like profile. his dad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's fucking awesome, man. I read uh, It was the first Stephen King book I read. Kiss me, fat boy. <laughs> Ooh, that's a scary one to start with, especially oh, if you're young. Oh, my. Man, that's goodness i that's all about some children floating down here man <laughs> i was in grade let me think was it grade five or six maybe five grade five or six maybe i uh i read it because like i saw it and i asked my mom and she was like uh, it's about a clown <laughs> it's like really like a killer clown clown and it was huge and i used to love big books i'd like because i actually read fast i'm a very fast reader and you i lucky bastard i can <laughs> fly through fucking shit so although still at that age that book is huge and took me like i think two months three months to finish that book oh yeah it i think is over yeah. a thousand pages and oh yeah it was it was giant. yeah and uh, it was an adventure for me. I remember just every night and just having to and trying to force myself to stay awake to read it. Like I didn't <laughs> want to go to bed. I just wanted to keep reading that fucking book. Like I was hooked on it. And I haven't nice. read many others. I read Misery, and I read Misery is one of my favorites. I read The Body, like just Body's a short good. story, you know. And uh, I read The Dark Tower. For those that don't know, the body is what became Stand By Me. Yes. And I read The Dark Tower, but I didn't get it at all. And I don't know if it was because I was too young or if it which, was... Which one did you read, though? That's the, the first thing. One, the it Gunslinger? Was, yes. Yeah. 
and I didn't get it. I didn't. I just remember not understanding it at all. I think I was a bit. It's hard to understand. It's the first sentence. That's all you need. The man in black fled across the desert, and the gunslinger followed. There you go. Epic fucking story. All of it's right there. Yeah. So I think about picking those ones up again, though, because I've heard such nothing but good things. You know what I mean? Uh, I love them. Yeah, that's my favorite. That's probably my favorite series of books ever. I'm, I mean, I'm rereading them now, and honestly, it's it's because I went and got my Dark Tower tattoos. Right. And I really think that I should have the stories fresh in my head. Plus, nice. <laughs> he just came out with an eighth book, which goes back and tells like a missing tale from a a, a period that they kind of skipped over the first time. Because I've read one through seven, but like when I read five, six, and seven, like I was racing to get to the end to see how it ended because he said, you know, this is the end. This is you're gonna find out what happens. Yeah. And so it's like, oh shit. And so I mean, I was tearing through those books, and I think there's a lot of it that I missed and didn't really like get a chance to enjoy because I really just wanted to get to the end as quick as I could. And so now I'm enjoying them, going back and rereading them. And even then, I mean, usually, like I said, I usually read really slow, and I've torn through the first three books. I'm almost done with the third one. And I got rid of my phone like maybe a month and a half, two months ago. And so I've read The Gunslinger, The Drawing of the Three, and almost all of The Wastelands in that time. And that's at work during my 15-minute – I have two 15-minute breaks and a 60-minute lunch. And right. that's the only time I get to read. So, I mean, I'm tearing through those books pretty fast right now and loving right. them, loving them. That's awesome for you, man. I've been trying to – I started American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Ooh, that's a good one. And I've been trying to read it forever, but I've barely got into it. Just, you know, not having much time to read lately, even trying to catch up on comic books. But what was – I read another book recently. I'm trying to think of what it was. I just read uh... – oh, Darth Plagueis. You ever hear the tragedy of Darth Plagueis the Wise? Also with the Star Wars novels? Yes, and Darth Plagueis being the Emperor's master. And the man who taught the Emperor. Oh, he's the guy that, he was uh, Palpatine's master? Yeah, yeah. Sweet. And uh, if you'll remember in episode three, when Anakin is at the opera, and he's being told the, the legend of Darth Plagueis the Wise by the yeah. by Senator, it's the stories about that guy. And uh, it's amazing, man. It was the such guy that a good could, book. Uh, avoid death, right? Yeah, and he didn't in the end. But uh, oh, fucking what good shit, man! It was so good, and then it was great because the last maybe third of the book tied into Phantom Menace. Oh, nice! So it almost went right into the movie. It, yeah, and it didn't go into the movie. It was such a big chunk of the book, like a third of the book. It was such a big chunk that it went well into the movie. It was basically the whole movie. Because, oh, damn. Yeah, because it goes from – it's pretty much Palpatine's life. The whole book is pretty much Palpatine's life. It's called Darth Plagueis, and it's about Darth Plagueis and everything, but the book's about Palpatine and about his life and him growing up, becoming into politics, right up to the fucking becoming the emperor. Sorry, not the emperor, becoming uh, – Supreme Chancellor, I think. Yeah, the Senator yeah, and the yeah, Supreme yeah. Chancellor. Because Darth Maul, you, Darth Maul's birth and death are both in this book. Oh, damn. So yeah. it covers his whole apprentice yeah, as well? It, yeah, exactly. And so if you want to know how he was trained, how he grew up, it's an amazing outlook on Maul, too. It gives you a really good insight into how he thought and operated. And it actually lends itself to help Accreditation with him coming back again 
that he could be that angry for revenge in the Force. That oh, it actually makes that make sense. It, it helps it a bit. He he is so drawn towards this mission, and then <laughs> when that mission gets like tunnel visioned into just killing Obi Wan, it so almost yeah, you got to be an angry motherfucker to come back from being cut in half. Yeah, I mean because he's be only some serious anger there. He's only <laughs> taught to a certain extent. Because Palpatine's fucking brilliant. He knows all Sith Lords, they teach their apprentices everything they know, and then they kill them. Yeah. And he was like, this is, how you die. <laughs> this is stupid. I'm not going to teach him everything. You know? So he didn't teach him everything about the Sith at all. He kept a whole bunch of stuff away, and he kind of trained him more to be his soldier. All I can think is Apollo Creed. I taught you everything you know. I didn't teach you everything I know. I'm still young enough to whip your butt down. Oh, yeah? Well, how are you going to do that? You taught me everything you know. Almost everything. you got to remember now. You fight great, but I'm a great fighter. <laughs> yeah. Not the same thing, Rocky. Yeah. But I highly recommend this book if anybody wants to know the backside story to The Phantom Menace. And everything about Palpatine and Darth Maul is in this book. And uh, right down to the Clone Wars, the cartoon is involved in this book. They need to get those damn things on Netflix. They definitely do if you haven't seen them, man, yeah. So I was saying before, we just went on forever because there's going to be a new Star Wars cartoon. Wow. So when, when's the that next one, That was a roundabout said? and a half. That was like UK roundabout fucking stylies. <laughs> Spin them circles, bitches. It's going to be called Rebels. You rebel scum. And it's going to take place in between three and four. Is it going to have Billy Idol's Rebel Yells at Steam Song? <laughs> that would be fucking awesome if it did. First thing that popped <laughs> in my head. She cried, Mo! Boba Fett Mo! flying Mo! around, rocking out to Billy Idol. <laughs> fucking shit, yeah. People but, would pay to see that. Uh, it would sell. Absolutely, man. They get a million hits on YouTube. That's fucking <laughs> for sure. Somebody make it. Somebody make it happen. But it's going to be about the Rebels in between those two times. And the only sad thing for, to me about it is there, that's a Jedi-less time. Mm, true you know there's no jedis in that time i'm sure the cartoon could do well i mean ewoks and droids had no lightsabers in them no jedis in them and uh they did okay for the year or two that they were on i was gonna say but it probably wasn't your favorite <laughs> uh i i did dig them as a kid actually uh not droids so much as ewoks but i was huge into ewoks still fucking love ewoks man uh, I think it, are nowhere near as bad as a lot of people want to play that they are. I think it'd be cool to see them again and CGI them up. Imagine these little badass little bears running around with fucking, but they're CGI. And the fuck, badass part I'm fine with, but don't make them blink. That blinking <laughs> shit was creepy as fuck when they redid the digital. I was fine with them big, you know, glass teddy bear eyes that didn't move and were soulless and dead. Uh, I that like, worked just fine. They, as soon as they started blinking, I was like, what the fuck? I'm down oh, with most improvements. Creepy. I like improvements like that, actually. I don't like replacing what's-his-name with Anakin. Oh, yeah, the the new yeah. ghost. Why would he be young and Obi-Wan wasn't? That was just stupid. You yeah, know it doesn't I mean? really make much sense. If it was... Be what you look like when you died. Yeah, so it should have been young fucking Obi-Wan. It should have been Ewan and Hayden standing there. Yeah, if you're going to you know? do one, do them both. Yeah, because that Hayden and that Obi-Wan, they never met. <laughs> well, I guess they did. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't. They never met. Yeah, and, not that Aiden. And now that other guy, what's his name? I can't remember his name, but the guy who was in the old Anakin, he gets jacked for his place in history. Oh yeah. 
You know? yeah, he gets, he's getting no revenue from the, the digital films. I think he's a fairly sought-after action figure, though, isn't he? I wouldn't doubt it. If if my memory serves me right. Yeah. Anytime something gets replaced or redone, it's like right now, I mean, all the action figure folks are out there trying to get all them... Uh, uh, damn it. Now my brain's failing me, and I'm not even drunk yet. <laughs> <laughs> They're trying to get all those Django Unchained <laughs> action figures... Cause those yeah, yeah. Off the shelves, man, quick as hell. <coughs> totally. I was saying Apparently, the other night. Black people as slaves is not a good action figure. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard Whoops. to pull off, man. <laughs> I think a comic book movie is good when the toys suck. Like, was, and I'm not talking like that? sculpted toys. I I've been trying to think of one that has a good that had good toys and a good movie, and I can't think of one. Yeah, it doesn't. So you might have something there. And I'm not talking like McFarlane toys. Those are like sculpted action figures. You know what I mean? McFarlane beats all. Yeah. So fuck. I had a duffel bag of those stolen from me once. Still pissed about that. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> Did you hear Jim Lee on Fat Man on Batman? Ah, I have those two sitting there waiting. I saw. Oh, them. you haven't heard yet. Wow, it's good. No, I'm, I'm halfway through the 100th episode of Boku Pop, so I'm getting through my list of podcasts. What's Boku Pop? It is a. Uh, it's a uh, two people that actually do like comic books, and I'm not sure what the other two do, but it's basically <laughs> pop culture talk, and just you know they cover everything. But uh, Tressa Bowling and Justin Green are both members of the LOI Studio, that thing that I'm a part of. Yes. And so on LOI Studio, it's one of the ones that's listed. So I was like, well, and there's two of them on there. I should at least give it a listen. And they were already on like episode like, you know, 89 or something when I started listening to it. Oh, so yeah? I went back and listened to a couple of them, and they're pretty damn funny. And then, yeah, they just had their 100th episode, so I'm listening to that. And it's a laugh, right? Because the, the ladies on it are hilarious. The guys are funny as hell. And it's it's almost all like comic book geek pop culture reference stuff. It's just it's good stuff. That's awesome. Maybe I'll check that out, man. I've got I've got Open a backup pop- list though of fucking podcasts I've been meaning to check out because I keep meeting these people on Twitter, and they <laughs> seem awesome. And I'm like, you're cool. They're like, you're cool. And then you want to listen, and you know, it oh, takes yeah. so long. But and I've heard a few. Up. I heard uh, Geek Girls Nerd Boys. A couple episodes of that. Uh, you know, heard of that one. it's, uh, this guy and he has like girls on and they, it's like, <laughs> they talk and like, but like comic book, like I listened to the one, uh, I can't remember her name, but she like works in a comic shop and stuff. And it's, it's just a great fucking comic book conversation. You know, the right. guy's from something else I think too, but I can't remember what, I think it's at that nerd nip. Uh, you know, thank God this is a fucking chronic induced podcast because i don't have to feel bad that i can never remember anything that i'm talking about <laughs> <laughs> but you all know who I, who you are and i and you know i love you so exactly but there's some great podcasts been going on man uh, our friends drunk on comics they just did uh, a live show from motor city comic-con and it I, was i've been trying to catch up on their shit too i added them a while ago and i've got a, a giant stack of their podcasts to get through my problem is that I'm a completist. Yeah. So, like, I've been listening to The Nerdist finally, and so I started with oh, episode no. one. <laughs> and I'm on, like, episode 49. Wow. And so I still have a long way to go. Yeah. 
Like, dude, I like I when I started listening to Smodcast, I started with episode one. Oh my god! I have listened to every Smodcast except like the last five now because I like they're building up in my queue. But yeah, that's I'm ridiculous when I listen to podcasts because I'll go back and if the whole thing's there in iTunes, I download the whole library and I start <laughs> from the beginning. Holy shit, dude! That's <laughs> yeah, so like right now I'm I'm on episode five of ATGN, All Things Good and Nerdy. I started that from the beginning, <laughs> and that's a live podcast. Like you should just watch the YouTube. But no, I went back and started listening to their original podcast. And they're like two and three hour podcasts. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When my wife told me about Doug Loves Movies, I'm like, what? I hadn't heard about it. Uh-huh. I listened to an episode. And I was like, oh, shit. And downloaded like the previous 120. Uh, and I've listened get a to hand every it, single episode of Doug Loves Movies. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I'm a completist. Yeah, was, just... We were talking about Stephen King. When I went on my Westpac in the Navy in 2000, one of the things that I made sure I did was at the time I had passed my mom. I'd read more Stephen King novels than she had, which like I give her crap about because she got me into him. Right. She's a huge fan, but she reads even slower than I do. And so I had been, you know, constantly reading his books and I realized it's like, you know, we're going on a Westpac. We're going to be gone for six months. If I go buy every book of his that I haven't read, I'll probably get through a good chunk of them. When yeah, it we- makes sense. When we got back to the States, I had read everything he had in print up to the point of, I think it was November 2000. Jesus. There's only a few books since then that I haven't gotten through. I just finished 112263, which was great. He's written a lot of fucking shit, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I haven't oh, read The wow. Dome, The Wind Through the Keyhole, and I think there's one more. Are those Other new than that, ones? I think I'm all, yeah, they're all the new ones. Okay. Other than that, I think I'm all caught up. Yeah, how does he write it, eh? Think about it. It takes one. that much time to fucking read it. Imagine how much time it takes him to write it, eh? And he's he's one of those people that just he spits out ideas. I mean, he only says, you know, the stuff just comes to him. Nobody knows where stories come from. They just come. Yeah, he's I mean, bangs. Apparently, <laughs> that part of his brain, it's just cranked up to level 11, man. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. The man has stories. He's got mad, mad stories. Man, it'd be interesting to him hear hear him do a fucking podcast. No shit, that's just be what, like that's improv. Go sto- make up a story. Go the Stephen King, Joe Hill podcast. Yeah, <laughs> all business. That would be amazing. That'd be fucking sweet, man. It was uh, what I was saying there earlier about the junk on comics. Is it was cool to get to hear them do a live show, and like you can like. It's a show you're used to listening to and guys you've podcasted with, but all of a sudden they're in like a fucking hall with an <laughs> audience and you can hear the echo like they're coming through a speaker and it's fucking, it's just sounded like such a good time. I'm so happy for those guys and their fucking success, but now I want to do that. Now I want to find a con and fucking be like, can I do a panel? Can I do a live show from a yeah, panel? A live show. I was like, you've been doing the, you know, the, the Toronto stuff. You were doing like basically live broadcasts with crowds in the background. It was just people walking by a table. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, a lot of that was roving too, like using my Apogee mic for my iPhone and actually seeking people out and going to them because that's pretty much the only way you can get a lot of different stuff done when you're podcasting at a con because you're not going to get a lot of people who are going to stop at your table and be like, what's up, and sit down and have a chat like – I yeah, had a I few people be like, like, hey, can I be on your podcast? <laughs> yeah, you know, so, but that's what was fun about Free Comic Book Day is, uh, you know, just running into people. And there's that guy, Daniel, that I'd met at that, and I, he was on the last episode. 
and just fucking bumping into people and then being like, are you in a podcast? And, you know, you get to be like, yeah, and you're on it right now. And you're on it right now. <laughs> so, man, I can't wait for Fan Expo. I'm actually nice. I'm thinking of getting an early fix because at the end of the month is Niagara Falls Comic Con. And that's only an hour away. Is it, is it on the American side or the Canadian side? Oh, please. Everything's on the Canadian side. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for fucking that part of Buffalo, man. Because it's not like... The, <laughs> it's really, really bad because it's it's almost like cartoonish in the way that it differs from one side to the other. Because the Canadian side is a street called Clifton Hill. And it's a big, long main street of a hill. You know what I mean? Yeah. And all along it is like uh, <clears throat> Guinness World of Record Museum, the Fudge Factory, uh, fucking, oh, Christ. The Hard Rock Cafe inside yeah. the casino. Yeah, the casino and that. It's one like, of the few places in Canada I've been. <laughs> yeah, oh, you have. Okay, yeah, House of Horrors. Just, it's the whole strip. It's almost like a Vegas strip. Of, but not like all casino, but the big casinos there and all the lights and the fucking our side of the falls is the whole horseshoe side, right? Yeah, like I was on that side. and I couldn't imagine like what you can really see from the American side. Exactly. Like the Superman. Uh, Superman was filmed there and shit. Superman 2, was it? Yeah. Superman 2 was filmed there on yeah. the Canadian side and all that stuff. Like all the stuff you see in Superman there is all the tourists side. And... Uh, and then on the American side, it's just nothing. They have their one little strip of falls, and then there's nothing over there. Yeah, it's, it's, just, like, it's just water. <laughs> yeah, and empty businesses and just, like, office buildings, and there's just not much going on, you know? <laughs> so it's really weird. But, uh, yeah, they got a con going on down there, so I'm thinking I may pop down there and, uh, you know, just to fucking check it out, see what it's like, because... I haven't really been to many cons other than uh, Fan Expo, you know? I've been to a couple of Wizard Worlds, and I've been to a couple of uh, Toronto Comic Cons, which are the smaller version of Fan Expo. But you only just only been doing this stuff in the Toronto area? Yeah, um, pretty much that's it. So, you know, if there are other ones that go on. Guelph Con was one. There's Guelph, which is about an hour and a half away. I wanted to hit that one because I had some cool people. But that just what is a Guelph? Guelph is a place, just a city. Guelph, Ontario. It's a city. <laughs> yeah, it's actually it's a university town. University of Guelph is uh, <clears throat> one of our big like science universities. That's like that's where you go to be a scientist and stuff. Like they have laboratories and such. And uh, up there making making mutants and experiments and stuff nice yeah totally fucking with like canadian wildlife and shit making killer ducks <laughs> ducks with freaking lasers on their heads fucking moose with freaking lasers on their heads <laughs> moose with artillery cannons fucking bazookas they grow bazookas out of their antlers <laughs> that's a killer moose and then have bees that come out of their mouths <laughs> yeah that's scary so, yeah, they have a Comic-Con that uh, I'm going to really try to make the one next year. But there's a new one coming to Oakville, which is the city next to mine. It's probably like a 15-minute drive to this place where it is, not even. And uh, it's going to be called the GTA Comic-Con. And GTA is the greater Toronto area. So that's a general reference that you, that's used here for Toronto and like the kind of four surrounding cities. 
and basically this whole big like area of Ontario, kind of southern su- southern Ontario. And then like, it got co-opted by an awful game franchise. What do you mean? What? GTA, Grand Theft Auto. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a gamer. Uh, it's over my head. But uh, I don't like I got what you're saying. I could always stand for get that ass. <laughs> nice. So uh, they're going to have this con, and they're going to try, they're saying, to bring it back to like old school con styles. So pure comics, pure comic artists, pure comic writers, you know, no nice. celebrities or Flash or any of that stuff. So I'm definitely going to check that out and see. Uh... But there's so many cons here. There's also the sci-fi cons. There's the Toronto... The Toronto Sci-Fi Con is what used to be like Trek Fest or whatever, and it was the big uh, Star Trek convention that went on in Toronto. Yeah, I heard and, about that one. Yeah, it grew so much that it's turned into just a giant sci-fi festival. Though I gotta tell you, man, if, if you're complaining about the number of cons in your town, you're barking up the wrong fucking tree for something. No, I'm not me. complaining. I wouldn't <laughs> do that. I'm not complaining. I have to drive to fucking Seattle to see yeah. a comic book convention, man. There's yeah. not one in this state. Yeah, that's that's unfortunate. So I'm not I'm not complaining. I'm just saying <laughs> that it would be neat yeah, to kind of get. You guys get a lot of them. Yeah, there's a huge community here, man. It's really weird. It's uh, especially with a lot of it is because of the artists, I think. Because we have so you said you guys many have artists. A lot of artists working up there, right? Oh Jesus, man! Ken Lashley, Jason Fabok, fucking David Finch. Uh, I mean, two of the three Batman artists, pretty much, you know. Um, you know, Alex, or not Al, yeah, what's his name? David Ross. There's so, there's tons, there's tons. And, uh, it's just, it's, so that starts something. Like, Ty Templeton also, he has a boot camp here. It's Ty Templeton's comic book boot camp. Yeah, what did you say about that? It looks like he's like a, like, comic book school almost. Yeah, so, you know, he's always at every con with his fucking wife's got a big booth set up to sign people up and you pay and he teaches you how to draw. And there's also it's a big community as well because there's so many uh, there's so many comic shops that are all over the place too, right? We have a lot I'm of trying univers- to think to the one I went to because I went to one in Toronto, but I can't remember the name of the store. I have a photo of it. I should oh yeah. Well, yeah. Every, one of the things I would do like my whole time in the Navy was wherever I went, I would look for the local comic book store. And I would get one of their business cards and then go buy some comics. Okay. So like, I have comics from, like, I think it's Tasmanian Comics in um, uh, Townsville, Australia. Awesome. I got, a, you know, a business card from one in uh, Victoria up in Escamalt. That's spectacular. Another, and I know, I know I hit at least one while I was in Toronto. But yeah, like, Must every country I would go to, I would look in. for, if there, was a, if there was a comic shop, I would hit it in every, like, every port we went to. Does it sound familiar that it was an old building with, like, comic characters painted all over it? Uh, kind of. Yeah, it must I want to say it had a big green sign, though. I don't know about that. I'm th- it had to be Silver Snail, though. I, don't, I can't think of anything else that would have been it then. But, you know. And Toronto's also great for bookstores in general. Like, because there's, like, so many universities and colleges around the area... And good, like, bookstores and museums and libraries and all that kind of stuff. Like, we're pretty rich for that. So I think with good art programs and stuff and these artists coming up, it just, for some, it's just, just because of nature, a nice happenstance balance of nature at this moment in time. 
there's a there's a certain hub going on here, you know what I mean? But as I'm sure as it moves around, as comics evolve and arts evolve and Comic-Cons evolve and stuff, you know, like New York wasn't actually that big that long ago, you know? Yeah. Like their fucking Comic-Con all of a sudden exploded, you know? That's that's what Emerald City did as well. Yeah, absolutely. C2E2, like they're, you know, there's just getting to be like a well-known name top 10 list, you know? And now you got Fan Expo has spread out across Canada. So now there's Vancouver Fan Expo and there's Fan Expo Calgary. So That's a, you know. that's really really spread out. Yeah, well it's fantastic <laughs> for people, you know. And even it's not that far like I meet so many Americans at Fan Expo, you know. Like there's obviously lots of tourists who fly in from different places. I met people from all over the world. But the core of them are New Yorkers coming up because New York State is right underneath us here, right? And uh, I oh, mean, yeah, nice uh, yeah, amazing amount of fucking New Yorkers, and they're always the nicest people. They're from all the rural, like New York towns, you know. Yeah, and, they're not. Yeah, they're not. They're not coming up from Manhattan. They're coming up from Syracuse. Yeah, and like Rome and <laughs> Utica and fucking shit. Yeah, Tonawanga. <laughs> the original Orange County. <laughs> yeah, totally. So, you know, it's it's cool. And a lot of the vendors, too. They have a lot of American vendors who, like, get tables around. Because back before I, I collected just lightsabers, I used to collect all Star Wars shit. And then after the movies, new movies came out. I think it was after episode two. I was like, fuck this. Because they went gangbusters with new figures. I was going to say, yeah, there's so much yeah. stuff. Like, if you collect just Star Wars in general... Well, well was, you better have some lottery money. I was collecting lightsabers, the figures, and the vehicles. Holy shit. And it went, <laughs> yeah, it went way too crazy. It actually wasn't that holy shit before episode two. Because there wasn't that much at all before episode one. And then episode one came out with maybe like three or four ships and a line of like 12 figures. So it wasn't that crazy. But then episode two happened and they went fucking nuts. That's when and, they went insane. Yeah, that's when they started coming out with like fucking every little astromech droid on the screen, you know? So, yeah, because that was when they yeah they came out with all the different droids, right? Yeah. So I packed up my collection, sold it on eBay, and immediately put that money back into a couple lightsabers. One of them being my uh, original mold Obi Wan Kenobi, a New Hope Master Replica lightsaber. Nice. Yeah, and uh, it's not one of those just master replicas from the molds. It's a numbered one, and I got my fucking certificate of authenticity, bitch. And it's really cool because every dent, it's like weathered exactly how his would have been in episode four, and it's got all nice. every dent and scratch. It's not like a nice shiny lightsaber sitting on my shelf. It's all beat up and dented and <laughs> scuffed up and shit. And it's my fucking baby. Oh, I love it. That's cool. Yeah. So what, like, would what at this point with the amount of lightsabers that you have, what is like the holy grail of a lightsaber that you could get that would become like the number one in your collection? Oh, it have like, to would it have to be like one of the actual like set used. Props? Yeah, we'd have to go prop at this point for sure. We would I don't definitely. Think I want to, to imagine go. what those would go for on a fucking auction. We'd have to go either prop <laughs> or extreme custom. Like something made personal for me. Like your own custom built lightsaber? Yes. That w could become. Because there's certain. I have sentimental valued ones. And I have, you know, fucking money valued ones. And I have, you know, that kind of thing. So. Yeah. 
you know, the, the, the collection's kind of weird because I have fan-made custom lightsabers. I've got pretty much every toy lightsaber ever made, including nice. the original 1977 uh, flashlight with a sticker on it lightsaber. But on that one, I'm actually missing. It came with a yellow or a white plastic tube. And I haven't been able to locate that yet. That's a tricky one. Ah, so, so there's, there's still stuff to put together in the set. Oh, yeah, this Your set's collection is far <laughs> from over, my friend. Far from over. And uh, there's going to be much more to do. But I want to start getting custom ones made. Because I've seen such cool shit out there that these, these companies like Ultra Sabers and Park Light Sabers... And there's these custom companies on the internet, and you can check them out. And they make their lightsabers battle-ready. Nice. Yeah. So, so you can that, actually bash them together oh, and yeah. they don't just shatter. When you buy the Master Replicas effects lightsabers, they're and they say not meant for dueling and that kind of stuff, they're actually tougher than they're letting on. And these things are made pretty durable. And these custom people figure out how to just kind of, you know, make it that much more durable, like just kind of reinforce it more. And they made so the blades are all detachable. So if you do break a blade, you can just put a new one on. You don't have to get a new hilt every time, right? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, because the hilt's the expensive part, or is it, is yeah. at least it should be. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. The fucking blades are way not so bad, you know? And it's really cool, the stuff they're making, because they'll make these handles that are like, like I've seen shiny, shimmery, like metal flaked, kind of glossy metal lightsabers with like, like old Gaelic symbols engraved in them and shit, like just the coolest shit, you know? Nice. So what I would actually like to do is, because I'm into wood due to my profession, and uh, <laughs> I'll leave it up to your imaginations what that profession might be, <laughs> but I like to carve things and such, and I'd like to carve my own lightsaber. Jay's a woodchuck. Yeah. And then somehow like have like metal bits like implanted at each end, to make it look like part metal and part wood, you know what I'm getting at? That'd like be cool. A, yeah, like a cyborg kind of fucking thing. And then see if I can get that sent to a company where they'll custom it out and actually put the inner workings into it for me and put a blade on it. And that would be my fucking ultimate dream lightsaber would be that. That'd be pretty cool, yeah. Or, an oak lightsaber. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. A red oak lightsaber. That would be fucking sweet. This is my mahogany lightsaber hilt. Do you like it? <laughs> I grew this from a tree to kill you with. Yeah. Either that or a real one. <laughs> Beyond or just that, a real one. <laughs> you would have to give me an absolute real lightsaber. So, But uh, that's uh, that's fun times, kids. You got anybody that or anything going on that you would like to mention, Anthony? Um... Not really. I mean, I'm just coloring. Martha's tourist stuff's coming out, so check out touragunangel.com. All right, we'll give them your info and such as well. I am at Anthony Bachman, and you can find me at the Next Element Podcast and at Next Element Pod on the Twitters. Good time, sir. Thank you very much for fucking hanging out with me and joining me to have such a wonderful conversational experience this evening. Glad to be here. It was fun. Um, yeah, shout-outs to all you regular cats, especially all you super supportive folk, again, from episode 66. Uh, Zaz Moran, Jay Webb, all you fucking wonderful, awesome people who had my back. 
thanks for sticking it through, you know. Um, it's fun for me to do this, and it makes it even more fun that, you know, you guys enjoy listening to it. So thanks for enjoying my bullshit. Thanks for enjoying Anthony coming to hang out with me and us talking some bullshit. And we are going to see you all next time on An Elegant Weapon. Say goodnight, Anthony. Goodnight, Anthony. Just as long as you stand, stand by me. So dark. Yes. What the hell? My computer's like, you're not online. Yeah. What the fuck you mean I'm not online? I'm talking to someone online. Yeah, that was <laughs> fucking weird for a minute. I'm uploading shit, I'm downloading shit, I got 18 windows open, don't <laughs> tell me I'm not fucking online. <laughs> I'm as online as it gets, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah, I should close a couple of these windows. <sighs> I'm the king of the internet, damn you. <laughs> um, Man, I'm free, the king of 9x. <laughs> <laughs>